Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskadden coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we want to submit ourselves to the Lord, resist the enemy, and draw near to him. In this season, as we're seeing Daniel 725 play out right before our very eyes. And when we look at some of these things, I want to look at it in somewhat of a redemptive purpose. Yes, some of these things that are happening in the world today, more specifically in America and the votes that are happening on same-sex marriage, are baffling, are just an affront to the Lord and how he has created us in a natural sense. And But there is a measure... And a silver lining in all of this that for the days ahead for us to realize who are those who are sheep and who are the those among us who are goats. And I think that's the thing we need to take from this. But first, let's start off in Scripture. I'm going to read James 4, 1 through 8. You're probably very aware of it, but sometimes when you read things again, it just it refreshes you and, and things just new things just come out of it that you... You knew it was there, but it's like, oh, wow, that just, it's expounded upon more. And so we see here in verse 1, James talks about things to avoid. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteress, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gave us... He gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And goes on to humble yourself, etc. But I want to focus there, because when we go back to verses 1, uh, really through four, God's really calling out the things that cause us to have this blindness to where we saw in, in Daniel 7, can cause us to be persuaded by the spirit that would try to cause us to be blind in the fact of um, lust, in the fact of quarrels among believers. Um in the fact of uh, of asking in the wrong motive, being adulterous, 
going back again this is this goes back to the Ten Commandments of those things there do not have other gods before you do not um, covet and, and we're just seeing these things expounded upon and understanding that look we, we we're in a position to show love show grace be humble be, be in a, a reverent state of mind and we're not because of these things and I say that as in the most humblest sense is that it's very easy for us to slip into those ways of thinking and why we need to continually every day pick up our cross and and sometimes continually uh, repent as even we saw in the Old Testament continually offering the sacrifices continually you know coming to the Lord and being in relationship with him because they knew as did God would know there would need to be this continual um, sacrifice and obviously Jesus made the final sacrifice but we still in our sinful nature fall out of can fall out of line very easily with the Lord and need to repent for our actions here and even believers who are well-meaning can do it and not know it and not be aware of it um, which is why New Testament talks about taking every thought captive and that's very hard um, for everyone to do nonetheless a believer who knows what they need to take captive over and, and and so that's where having the humility having the grace that the Lord gives us towards others who know that they should be walking in right alignment with the Lord is, is something we want to continue to make people aware of and and bring out as it is the heart of the Father to be able to give the true representation of the kingdom of God and bring heaven down to earth okay with that, I want to talk about a little book for her first before I dive into the news that I think would help people understand this uh, very portion of Scripture. And the prayer point for this is, is ask the Lord to give you insight about what you might be in war or why you might be in war and then follow God's plan to victory, which is to submit, resist the enemy, and draw near to him. And this book, it's called Snakes in the Lobby by Scott McLeod of Morningstar. It's forwarded by Rick Joyner. And it deals with this very um, portion of Scripture. And he has a, a an encounter, a very deep encounter with the Lord of a issue in the Christian music industry of Snakes in the Lobby and how those within the Christian music industry have cozied themselves up to different spirits, um, different things, lusts, lust of the flesh, fear of man, um, other things in it. And he goes through and God reveals to him. And even in the encounter, he himself is overcome by some of these things, but then has to repent and ask for forgiveness from the Lord to get out um, and under from those blindness. And that's why I say it's easy for anybody to slip back into it and, and why there needs to be some humility and grace to understand that, number one, um, but also to show that there is a, a a way out of this scenario, and it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It's just simple. Okay, Lord, I, I repent for that. Get me out of this. I understand that you are the Lord and Savior of the universe. And, and he, he does a really good job of walking through this um, and understanding that this is the battle. This is how we, we aren't to be succumbed and overcome by as in Daniel 4, the goal of this spirit of this age to try to dissuade through continual persecution 
and continual opposition to what the Lord wants in getting believers to fall away from the faith. And so it's a great humbling, uh, convicting uh, story for all of us, and I think it's something good. Again, Snakes in the Lobby by Scott McLeod. I'll, I'll um, put the link in the show notes for those listening via podcast and in the links in the comment sections on Facebook and Rumble. So, okay, in the news, well, a few things we want to get to uh, internationally as some things have popped off. Again, we when we left off yesterday, there was the initial meetings with Poland and, and NATO on the issue involving Ukraine. But first, I haven't talked about this in a couple of days, the reports and updates on the coalition of Netanyahu forming a government in Israel. Right now, there seems to be a struggle, but Netanyahu has set a date or deadline for next Wednesday to basically say, we're going to have a coalition by this date. Now, Will they get it done before? Will they get it done later? It's a self-imposed deadline. Um, so that can be moved around. They have, I think, until um, a few more weeks, maybe a week or two, to actually get it done. So he's trying to not reach that deadline. And there's the 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 issue he's having here is with um, the religious portion of this coalition from before. Um, what is being called the religious Zionist group, where they want um, certain people to either be involved in the uh, as part of the finance minister or um, to take the interior ministry, defense ministry, and Netanyahu is kind of teetering in, in the fact that he doesn't want to do this for fear that um, his Likud party will fall away. And so there's a real wisdom that needs to be had here from Netanyahu and those who are in trying to form this coalition to move forward. Because if not, then the current prime minister, Lapid, stays in office, they have another election, and, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And you're right back to where you started. And part of this is because the, the what's being called the religious Zionist far-right religious group of this coalition is saying, well, if you don't give us this, then we're not joining you and you don't have enough votes to make a coalition, basically from 64, 65 down to 57. So uh, that's the deadline. Uh, this is the issue. And we pray for wisdom for both sides uh, to have the wisdom to know how to lead, to move forward. And this same scenario played out in the United States in the founding of our nation, whether to allow slaves to be free from the very beginning or to not. And so you had certain states who were like this, who said no. So the idea is what does the Lord want, which in America the Lord wanted slaves to be freed from the very beginning. Rick Joyner talks about that in an encounter he had with the Lord on that issue. And... Or do you just say, okay, we let some things go, we move forward as a nation, and then we eventually deal with this later? There's wisdom from both sides. So we just want to pray for um, the leaders in Israel, those involved, to have the heart of the Father on this issue, um, but ultimately to think, um, and more so, uh, have the fear of the Lord and, and moving forward this issue and able to f hopefully form a government in the days ahead. Now, 
getting to the Poland-Ukraine issue. So what happened is Poland called a meeting with all NATO. They called Article 4, which is you gather all the NATO members, or at least heads who are representatives of the nations of all NATO members, and you discuss uh, what actions, and number one, what happened, and then actions to take in response to this. So the reports were initially that Russia fired off rockets that went into Poland, which is an act of aggression, possibly stoking World War III. This is what Ukraine is saying. Well, Poland looked into it, and the U.S. is backing Poland and saying, well, these are actually Russian-made missiles, but they don't come, and they weren't shot off by Russia. This is the reports. This is what's being reported. Whether that's true or not is still yet to be determined. Now, there is some wisdom on behalf of Poland and the United States to not jump into World War III. That's the positive. <laughs> Any man, uh, woman, and child um, who really thinks through what that would possibly mean is very thankful that this is taking its slow route to realizing what this would mean if we did jump into World War III. This would affect some of the people I'm around here um, as there's a heavy, heavy, heavy military presence here. And we've met people who said if there was some conflict um, that their husbands and they themselves would have to go. Now, in these meetings, they've all come to the – NATO has come to the conclusion that most likely is a rocket – Russian rocket that was sold to Ukraine shot off as an air defense missile from Ukraine. Ukraine is still saying they want to be involved. They want to go to the blast sites. They want to look at this. They swear it's Russia. Um, the issue is is they want, and Zelensky wants, World War III to take place because he knows he needs help in his eyes. He, or he believes, I should say, he, doesn't know. he believes he needs help and he needs other nations. And that's partly true to a degree. But again, the prophetic is that nations aren't coming to his aid and they're going to have to fight this out themselves. And so the military leaders in Ukraine are, are fighting. They're defending themselves. But there is also now bombardment of, of rockets in Kiev and throughout the rest of Ukraine. Because I, we talked about it talked about it earlier this week, last week, that when Russia pulled out of those regions that they had quote-unquote conquered, this, this is the strategy. You pull out because it's coming winter, and then you just bombard them. That's what they've done in Syria, and the leader of the Russian forces now was the leader of the Russian forces and Syrian forces in Syria, and so that's the strategy they're taking. That's the strategy they're doing to really, like a Daniel 7, to persuade and more so just just run ranshot and grind out any anybody who would have any endurance and hope of withstanding this in the days ahead, cutting off water, electricity, natural gas, heat. Um, and the winters there are brutal. I mean, this is the region of the, of the world where Germany sent its forces and Hitler sent its forces and demanded that they not give up and they go to Moscow. And it was because it was the winter season that they lost. And this was one of the turning portions in World War II that caused the, the German forces to be so spread out and so thin and lose one of its biggest assets in World War II that, that started the turn of the war. So Russia knows that. That's partially why they're pulling back. And, and, and also, what we're seeing, and Putin is seeing it as well, is the fact that if there were Russia were to do something, NATO is being very and naturally 
very, very slow in response to this. Because you have so many people who sit at the table and it has to be a unanimous decision to enact Article 5 and going to war. Meaning that it has to be 100% clear that this was Russia who instigated this, who shot this missile off, and there can be no shadow of a doubt left that this is possibly happening. So could he possibly do something in the future and try to make it look like Ukraine? Maybe, maybe not. There's actually breaking reports now out of Romania that uh, there are rockets, they don't know where from, that have now landed in Romania. Could that be just a misfire? Could that be Ukraine? Could that be Russia? Could that be anybody? Again, the same scenario played out of what played out in Poland. We don't know. This is why we want to pray for our leaders to have the fear and wisdom of the Lord, to use wisdom. And again, just because they may be off on some issues doesn't mean the Lord can't use them and have them have an understanding, even in the natural senses of, look, do your due diligence, do what is is, is right, make sure you have an understanding of the issue, and then decide what to do moving forward. And thankfully, in the issue with Poland, that has occurred, and so it will have to occur now moving forward. And the AP has come out, and they've had to um, retract some statements that they made um, in possible stoking of World War III, saying this was definitely a Russian missile. So that's that's an interesting thing, and, and more things are coming out. Okay, now I want to spend the rest of our time on the Same-Sex Marriage Act. So, first off, the bill, or more so, the vote that went forward was to move the bill forward so you have to bring it up for debate you have to end cloture basically end the debate and then come up for debate so what happened yesterday in the 62 37 vote it was basically to advance the measure to the next stage which is debate they're most likely not going to have a debate they're going to end debate, and that was part of even the some of the amendments by Susan Collins to say, no, we're not going to debate this. We're just going to bring, we're going to move this forward. Say we debated on paper, you know, do do the proper legal proceedings, and then close close debates, cloture, and then bring it up for a vote, uh, possibly today and or tomorrow. So could things change? Maybe, maybe not. Um, all intents and purposes, it's not. But it's also understand. Look at this. The media is reporting it as this, this is a closed deal. This is going to the president. This is There are still several votes that need to happen. Now, if these votes stay the same, yeah, it's it's all intents and purposes. It's going to the, the president of the United States uh, desk, and he will, he will sign this. Some very, very alarming things in this, and then I want to dissect some things, is the fact that part of this bill and part of... Uh, the amendments from Susan Collins and other Republicans is the fact that this bill directly overturns the Defense of Marriage Act from 1996 that was passed while Bill Clinton, a Democratic president, was president. So not this isn't they're just orange man bad. We're going to overturn everything Trump did. This is a we're intentionally going after this. For what purpose it is the huge question. Um, and what we're seeing, so I'm trying to bring some things up, is that uh, 
a split of not only the Republican Party, but of the American church is starting to be magnified. It's not that it didn't exist before. It's that we're starting to realize where this is coming from. Because in overturning the Defense of Marriage Act, which this bill supposedly does intentionally, which the Defense of Marriage Act specifically defined marriage between one man and one woman. That's the intents of purposes. Go back to the five foundations that Todd Trahan talks about in Genesis. That's the very intent purposes of this bill is to completely overturn that to say we know better than God in, 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 in a legal sense. Change time and laws, Daniel 7, right before our very eyes. And we see that there are senators of the 12 senators. I do want to pull this up. Is This is from the Hill. They've shown where... Um, all the 12 senators, where they've stood. You have Susan Collins, who's always stood for this. You have um, others who, like a Rob Portman out of Ohio, who said, this is how I, I've always felt. Uh, Tom Tillis, who says that we're... He wanted to um, defend... Formally defend the state's right um, gay marriage ban before... But now, because he's been worn down, that he voted for this and that he will probably uh, hope to defend religious freedoms moving forward. But this bill specifically doesn't do that, and I'll get to that here in a second. You have Roy Blunt, who in the past has spoken out against this, but now is, is voting for this. Another North Carolina senator um, moving forward who is retiring in January, and, and three of these senators who voted for this are retiring, which is quite interesting to happen during... This is a problem with a lame duck session of Congress right now. Um, and so you have others and others. This, and I said it at the beginning, this is Daniel 7 happening before our very eyes of wearing down of believers into submitting to hit the fourth beast, the spirit of this age agenda of what it wants to do to try to stand up for its agenda and against God. And what was what would happen after that in 2728 was that those who stood the ground would be those in closer relationship with the Lord would be able to exemplify iron sharpening iron a a true relationship with the Lord number one but then also in positions of authority in the season ahead. And you're seeing those people who might not who might not have fully stood for some things, fall away at this time. Now, I want to play this clip from Ben Shapiro because, and this is he said this before the vote actually went in place, and there there's some some issues in this, and there's some strong points in this that I want to play. So um, I'm going to let it play, and then I'm going to make some comments. With the Democrats taking the Senate, they are now going to move ahead with a vote on a gay marriage bill. Now, what is the purpose of a gay marriage bill? There is no purpose to a gay marriage bill. Obergefell has already been ruled upon. That right there. So, Obergefellin was a Supreme Court case that said, in some instances, allowed same-sex marriage to go into place. This was the response by a lot of quote-unquote. Cons- this is the response by conservatives, Trump, others who support him, who just say, "Well, oh well, same-sex marriage is already dealt with. We don't have to worry about it." That's not the case, and Democrats know that. They're saying, "Well, with what happened with Roe v. Wade, we can ov- it can get overturned, so we need to codify this in law because." The courts do not write legislation, which it's amazing that 
in Roe, that was the case, but now with same-sex marriage, it's not. It's it's a it's a split house and something that's very just disastrous. But and he a continues. simple gay marriage bill is not even a constitutional amendment, so it's not even above and beyond the. Neither is overturning Roe v. Wade, but yet what it does say is that it's up to the states to decide. Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court ruling is still the law. If the Supreme Court ruling, no, it is not, and he knows. I don't know why he's saying that. Were overturned, a quick majority in the Senate could quickly overturn this law. That's very true. Which is why you would want to make it a constitutional amendment, and that is beyond the pale of something that would hopefully I mean, you would pray that that would never happen with as many believers as we have in this country. Hey, but because it would take a a a, national, a federal vote from everybody to be able to make that a constitutional amendment. The idea here is that you're going to get all the Republicans on record as to whether they support or do not support same-sex marriage. Now that is the key. That's what's happening. Let me just put this right out there this for vote. the Republican senators. If you vote in favor of the I would say I would agree with this sentiment right here. Idea that society has an obligation to recognize male-male or female-female dyads in the same way that society has an obligation to recognize male-female, you should not be in the Republican Party. You shouldn't. Okay, the reason I say this is not because I wish to shrink the size of the Republican Party. Because if the fundamental basis of human society is male-female child, and again, he's making this statement based upon the fact, like we were talking about Walsh, they do not bring in the Bible and or scripture. So when he says the basis of natural society is upon male and female and the being able to reproduce male as far as, same as marriage goes, because that's what is the Bible defines as marriage between one man and one woman, which brings the question of, which is not being asked and Daily Wire, they're not going to ask it, is where do you get your laws from? Where, where do you get to the foundation for your laws of understanding that merit, what the definition is? This new age in politics and in, and in debating, and, and, and I get it. When you're talking with an atheist, they don't care what the Bible says. Is understanding where definitions come from. They're saying, well, when they made this definition, when they made the English language, when Noah Webster wrote the, 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 um, the definitions for everything, and others before them, him. Where, where did they get this from? I would like to be there. They asked, I would like to be there um, and ask them questions of where they got this understanding from. <laughs> the understanding is they still themselves went back to the Bible. They had to go back further and further in history. And, and, and that's the foundation. That's what our nation is built upon And when you look at a lot of the laws in the place. But he continues. And, and there's some things he says here that I think are very interesting. We need to be You think there. that by passing a law you can change that reality? You do not belong in government. This is a very simple proposition. Men, Daniel 7, right before our very Men and men are not the same as a man and a woman who are capable of becoming one flesh and producing a child. This is not difficult stuff. Many Republicans will be tempted to vote for this simply to avoid the conflict so that people don't yell at them. Oh, my gosh, you're not respecting love is love. Now, first of all, the okay. um, that that there is true. Most of these votes are to get people off their backs. Again, this is a small portion of society. That is being the loudest amongst everybody in order to force this agenda moving forward. Not that they have the actual votes, like three, less than 3%, LGBTQ gay and all this stuff. And there was, and what's interesting in this, and this will be the debate of whether this, what Democrats are saying, whether this law that they're trying to push forward protects religious institutions, churches, Nonprofits from being forced to do what the government says. 
There are Democrats who say that it does protect them. The 12 Republicans who voted for this say that this does protect religious institutions. There are those like a Mike Lee, a Lindsey Graham, who say that it doesn't, and others who spoke out and voted against this who say that it doesn't. And then you have the Heritage Foundation, Tony Perkins, and Alliance Defending Freedom who come out and specifically say this does not because what's going to happen is let's say the DOJ brings a suit against the church or, or a religious institution, a school, whatever the case may be because they're not doing what the DOJ says or or they're discriminating against same-sex couples or gay couples, LGBT couples, whatever. It's all going to depend on the interpretation of this law is going to depend on who is the judge ruling on that case. And it's a toss-up at that point of how this law will then be defined and interpreted, which is another disastrous reason why this is in play. Now, could the amendment get put forward? Maybe, maybe not. Um, at this point, it doesn't. It's not. I believe it's not possible, from my understanding. Um, so it's moving forward as is. They're going to vote on it later today. But here's the silver lining, and I'll close with this: is that you're seeing. Right before our very eyes, no longer can people stay hidden. People are going to have to speak out and speak up and stand for, you could call it, natural law, as Ben Shapiro calls it, or biblical moral values. There are those in this country who do not want that. But at the end of the day is, we are a republic. This is what a country looks like when you have a democracy. However the will of the people changes, so goes the nation. We're in the Laodicean age, as many have talked about, and Ira talked about it, is, is that means giving in to what you feel is right. We're in an age where we're doing things because we feel that they are some way, not realizing that the Lord naturally created things. And it's amazing that this text that we have from the Bible that is Thousands of years old, maybe parts of it. Lives have been have been lived upon these values. And and same things that is happening here today, as in the days of Noah, prophecies as well. Happened in the Bible. What's happening before our very eyes? You think Jesus didn't deal with this? Oh well Jesus never said anything about it. Well, he did establish and reaffirm the Old Testament. And so the benefit of all this is we're seeing where people truly stand on this issue. The agenda set before us and understanding the need to submit to the Lord in a natural and spiritual sense. Faith without works is dead. Everything applies. The sum of thy word is true. Resist the enemy and draw near to him so that we don't become discouraged disengaged, disillusioned, and just waiting to get out of here. We're in a day where we have to endure, where the things before us we're going to have to go through. But at the end of the end of the day, the Lord, as Daniel 7 talked about, it's Daniel he saw this in a vision, the four beasts, and then eventually the Lord would come after a certain amount of time, what that time is, yet to be determined, and he would make his final judgment and place those who he wanted in authority. So with all this craziness that's going on, let's continue 
as we, we looked at the, the, the issue of parents and their involvement and understanding of biblical moral values, that there is a time to train up the next generation, to come alongside the next generation, because families, but a mother and a father, a marriage, the true definition of marriage between one man and one woman, which the Lord defines, will be the only thing that is able to overcome this with the help of the Holy Spirit, obviously, in a natural sense, I'm speaking. And this is a time to stand with, publicly, privately, however, with people who have children, come alongside of them, break bread with them. Every And, and, and uh, somebody asked a question yesterday of how do we do this? This is for every situation it's going to look different, but the first place to start is breaking bread. Having a relationship with someone, walking with someone, seeing where they're at, seeing the issues that their children are dealing with. Maybe give them some resources, help them uh, um um give them a date night, watch their kids or 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 you know, just be in a relationship, communication. You know, it takes a village as they say. Adopt a family. If they have grandparents, whatever, come alongside. Help the grandparents. Help everybody involved. It, it, it's going to take a body of believers coming together, standing, passing on the foundations, passing the baton to be able to withstand what is coming in the days ahead, to be able to endure. So with that, we want to close today. Um, continuing to stay aware of what's going on in this nation and in the world, praying for the Lord's will for the gospel of the kingdom to be spread uh, from the shores of this nation into the ends of the earth. Uh, and, and let's continue to pray for the office of the president as they have key, key decisions to make in the days ahead. So blessings, and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.